Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unscruple, covering Buffy the Vampire Slayer, etc., Season 4, Episode 8, Pangs, Then I Will Remember You. In these episodes, Bitches isn't wearing any pants. It's true! Welcome. Welcome to Unscrupled. Bitches, then who the fuck are you? I'm Money, and together we are. This is just a game of chicken at this point, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. I always start it, and you always fuck with me, so I'm, I've decided to take a stand. <laughs> uh, we're bitches and money, guys. So, That's right. Uh, you're here because you love us, and we're here because we have to watch this show and talk about it. Yeah, and it's, it's things... a moral imperative. I guess so. <laughs> I, I've, I, I'm sorry, guys. Not feeling it. It's a lot of Buffy and Angels bullshit, which I thought we were beyond. It's like when your kid went to bed at like age 12, and I'm like, didn't we already solve this problem of you doing the thing? So Buffy and Angel are the same as bedwetting. I can get behind that. It's just like, oh, look, uh, Angel is doing things patronizingly, mm-hmm. and Buffy is pissed about it. And also, they're having emo sex and eating peanut butter, and oh, God, I'm so done with this. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, they hit the Wayback Machine, and it, it, it never happened, because even they realized how boring that is. I just, it's like, then why even do it? If it's not going to be an ongoing thing that has an effect on anything, like, why do you waste my time with this, you know? Because Angel's job is to brood, and he was running out of broodiness, so they had to make him suffer some more. I guess. Just, Christ. Because right, so teenage girls find that attractive in a man. I'm apparently not a teenage girl. Like, I You're don't really understand. not. You're not meant to. Um, all right, so let's get started. The first one is called Pangs, which mm-hmm. 
shouldn't be called bangs. It should be called um, white people's bullshit. Yes, white people's <laughs> bullshit. Like as I thought I would be behind woke willow but no it got on my nerves like how do you how do you does woke willow not work this is how it happens Uh, honestly there was one thing about the episode that worked for me do you want to know what it was uh xander getting syphilis no it was xander in a tank top (laughs) i i hate myself for saying that but like after watching emma caulfield just with her mouth open drooling and i'm like god damn it now i see it and i can't unsee it (laughs) fuck you um, fuck You've you seen show. I have, but not with those eyes. Yeah, yeah. So they tried to make it gross, but I think they just made it sex positive for the first time. And it's hard for me not to get behind a sex positive Buffy moment. Because for Joss Whedon, let's face it, sex equals death. I'm. You keep saying that, and I'm not really buying it. Okay, so the last time anyone enjoyed sex on this show that was about, like, love and um, caring, um, one of the partners turned into a monster and killed everyone. Sex equals death. No, there was sex. Like, we had Xander and Faith, and we had That wasn't about love. Neither was that. Neither of those things was about love. It was about, you know, carnal lust, because... But you said sex equals death. There is no... Uh, and then there was Willow and Oz as well. So Okay, you're right. Willow and Oz did not lead. So to- your sex equals death has exactly one example, and I've watched all of his, his other things, and it's not true. The only one you could plausibly make an argument for is Cabin of the Woods, and um, she wasn't a virgin. So J- Jenny Calendar, sex equals death. How is that? He wanted to no. bone her, and then she died. And she and he didn't bone her, and also she'd boned people before, and yeah, I'm not buying what you're selling, girl. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Jokey. Like, I'm not, and I've seen all his other work, and there's no sex equals death there. He's been pretty sex positive, the only thing he's not In sex Firefly, Mal gets it on for the first time in forever, and she dies immediately afterward. I don't remember that. Oh, it's in Heart of Gold. I don't remember that episode. I don't care either because I didn't like it. Yeah, because it, it, Heart of Gold was like – it wasn't shown for a reason. Like it never made it to network TV. That that episode makes – like it has some good one-liners, but for the most part, I just want to like kick it. Okay. Give it um, so, so there's a groundbreaking ceremony, which apparently colleges do for having a uh, cultural center – Oh, yeah, UConn loved their groundbreaking. UConn had a ceremony for fucking everything. They rededicated the goddamn rock. Um, but, yeah, they love their ceremonies and shit. It gives them a, a chance to, like, spend hard-earned student money on bullshit. I don't think that uh, multicultural center is bullshit. I just think the... Uh, I think the ceremony's bullshit. The multicultural center is fantastic. Hi, listeners. Um, it's it's been a we've been on hold for a long time. It's true. Um, I had some power related malfunctions in uh, Los Angeles County, the East Side, for uh, that night, um, and it sucked because that meant no air conditioning, and it was a hundred fucking degrees. Yeah, and I was uh, I was in Chicago. And it was 70 degrees, so I'm just going to rub that in your face. But You now, know what? Fuck you. Uh, I got back to Oakland for the last day of our heat wave, where it was 105. 
in my apartment that has no air conditioning. And, um, yeah, that was brutal. My vengeance is manifest. Yes, it is. Also, I got sick on the plane home. So um, I am using the last of my throat power to bring you uh, some Buffy. So uh, also, we are not done with this argument about sex equals death because I still don't think (laughs) that's a standoff. And also, I never Uh, let anything go. So I will compile a list, motherfucker. I will watch every Joss Whedon media out there. Compile a list. And fuck you with it. And I will put it into SPSS and prove definitively that there is no correlation between sex and death in the Joss Whedon multiverse. So, Listeners, uh, get behind me. Rally. We can prove this. But this is fortuitous in that I needed some time to process why I hated this episode of Angel so much. And I think having had some time... To sit and think about it, I have a better answer. So I think this will be a better podcast because of it. So. Then thank you, random rolling power out. So let's let's get started on Buffy, which I did not hate. I actually kind of enjoyed. Okay, so that's interesting because I, I find this episode really obnoxious because it's like, um, okay, so, hmm. I found it really uncomfortable. Just really? like the discussion of white liberal guilt versus this thing's trying to kill us. Um, I found it super awkward. But that's I did kind too, of a talk we need to have. So it's it was awkward and weird and there were no Native American voices talking, but at the same time, at least it's there. At yeah. least there's some acknowledgement that it's a thing, and as obnoxious as Woke Willow is, I mean She's like Britta from Community. She's always right, but she's also obnoxious, so everybody tunes her out. So Right. Right. And yes, and and she kept being like, oh my god, I'm turning into my mother. Because you know her mom was Britta all the time. In fact, we should call Willow's mom Britta. Um, like the filter. <laughs> um, that you just Britta'd it, because the Britta filter has one T, and the Britta, Britta has two you Britta Britta. How did you do that? This is my gift. This is a meta Britta. So <laughs> yes, but meta Britta with two T's. The point is that okay. So let let's hop right into the plot of the show. Um, so we were yeah, talking we, earlier we... about the um, the the groundbreaking ceremony, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's a little awkward in that there's nobody there at all, except for Anya and Willow and Buffy just sort of standing there watching um, Xander in a tank top. And Buffy says, it's kind of village people. And I'm like, Buffy, not helping. Not helping. <laughs> I know, you, I know you, you were still back in 1999 when calling someone a fag was an instant turnoff. Not helping the Tumblr generation who uh, assigns gay to everything, so. Uh, I think you're just annoyed because that makes it even sexier. I, and you don't want to see Xander that way. I, I don't, as long as he doesn't open his mouth. He doesn't Except have to, to talk, you know? Like, yeah. we've been over this, like. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's talking too much, then just put his, put your cock in his it. mouth. Yeah. It's going to be fine. I mean, we, we solved this. Months ago, or years ago even, on Orange is the New Black. I mean, seriously, just, you know, 
put a sexual orifice in their mouth and they can't talk anymore and then it's okay. So if if any of you are potential groupies out there and you're taking notes, here's a note. Dumb is not a deal breaker. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Vito. 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 Um, so, yeah. Okay, everyone who is also taking notes on this side of the bitches money dynamic... Um, if I find out you're dumb before we bone, I lose my boner. My mental boner needs intelligence. I need you to be able to complete a sentence and probably make me laugh in order for all of this to work. So please, if you're not actually smart, get a script, have one of your smart friends write it out, fake it till you make it, and then never call me. All right, so, but Xander falls his ass into a mission. And here's here's why I'm okay with, uh, I know I'm not qualified to be okay with, but, like, at least they're acknowledging that California does not exist on the ruins of European mythology and burial sites. There's an actual history here that you need to engage with, and this is their clumsy attempt to do so. So at least they're acknowledging that, no, there's not crypts like there are in fucking Prague. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, an actu- it's a mission. A mission where terrible, terrible things happened that we yeah. win baseball teams after. So. Oh, man. But yeah, missions were the worst, and they're really pretty and fun to visit, but then you realize they're kind of built on blood, and it gets real creepy real quick, so... Um, See, I grew up in Texas, and we had, like, a one-sentence mention of the missions. Like, none of the bloodshed. It's like, here's where we taught the Native Americans, and they were called Indians at the time. Here's where we taught the Indians to be Christians. And I'm like, one, who's we? Two, you're lying. Three, how did they feel about this? Not None of it was mentioned, you know? Okay, so in California curriculum, the missions are a big deal. Um, Having grown, been born and raised in California, um, there's an entire year where we just kind of study missions. And But, again, they leave out the whole thing, whereas it was horrific. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, so there's a mission, and lots lots of terrible things happened. In yeah, they're totally, they're totally right and justified about being mad at white people. I just, I wonder if this might be the first actual pop culture reference to how terrible the missions were. I mean, I could be wrong, because like we, one of the reasons I haven't seen this show is because it was on network TV. But I lived out in the sticks, and the antenna did not point in the in the correct direction. So I, maybe I missed it. So um, I don't think there were a lot of mentions, but I mean, I think possibly it started with Poltergeist back in the eighties when they were like, "Oh, all this shit is happening because this was built on an Indian graveyard, fuckers." Possibly. So, some ghosts have been awakened because Xander falls and does not break his legs. Like, the man is made of... uh, I don't know. Springs? Like, he falls and he's fine. So... He fell on his back, or maybe his head. Nothing can happen to him if he falls on his head. He'll be fine. Right. LOC is no big deal in the Buffyverse, so... (laughs) Explain what LOC is. Loss of consciousness. Ah... I'm sorry, not everyone had parents for do- had parents for doctors. Doctors for parents. <laughs> I'd rather not have parents for doctors, thank you very much. Um, yes. So it turns out that there is a 
uh, a vengeful Native American. I I don't want to use the word demon because, like Willow, I kind of feel they're justified here. Um, let's go with spirit. Yeah, I'm gonna go with spirit as well. And he manifests himself as a uh, party city costume. Oh, <laughs> oh accurate. <laughs> I, the budget for. Costumes just not there in this show. I guess Buffy got a, or Sarah Michelle Gellar got a raise, um, so like that's I, eating up all the costume budget. I think a lot of them got raises because Allison Hannigan had started to become quite the powerhouse in this time. Oh, this is post American Pie, isn't it? Oh yeah, because her hair's a, shorter. You're right. After she stuck a flute in her pussy. Well, who amongst us hasn't? I haven't. Neither have I, but you don't have a pussy. I don't have a flute either. <laughs> well, we can go to a garage sale and fix this entire thing. This is a terrible idea. You are not allowed in charge of party planning anymore. So, Gwen poured me a second drink and it was a terrible plan. Yes, it was. So, uh, this vengeful spirit spit slits the throat of that poor woman who dug. A little bit. And seemed to be the only <laughs> one who knew anything about anything. How yeah. is it that the one person who actually knows what problem you're going to have if you find a mission is the first person to die and get her ear cut off? Um, I find that to be actually part of the formula that happens in these shows. That, like, you know, the one person that could possibly help is immediately killed. Um, and also, would she have believed that, you know, a vengeful spirit had, you know, come to have that vengeance? I mean, you know, or would she have just been like, uh, guys, no. I mean, these are great stories, but, but, you know, and it's my work. It's my life work, but I don't think it's killing us. And then, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, I'm not, I, I watched this episode twice. And I never did hear what exactly um, Buffy's mom is doing out of town. Um, that's because it was supposed to be convenient that she was out of town. I don't know. Because she would have been the other person who probably knew because she had a real background in, you know, quote unquote, primitive artifacts. It's, it's a clunky way to get to a Friendsgiving. So, like, as much as I like that Friendsgiving has become a thing... Uh, I think, ironically, friends paved the way for this more than Buffy, but it's... Uh, I haven't seen friends, so I don't know, but I have had friends who wanted to have Friendsgiving, um, mostly because their entire family sucked. Yeah, um, families can be terrible. And although this this Friendsgiving had a lot of bickering. It did, but it was mostly because Buffy had, like, a mission um to make it just like childhood and you know you can't you can't ever go home again buffy i'm sorry there's some things that are just lost to time especially in giles's bachelor pad yeah yeah so Um, we need to talk about the elephant in the room uh, okay which elephant is that angel oh god fuck him sideways with a chainsaw it's it took me a while to articulate exactly what my fucking problem with this was. And so it was completely unnecessary. It's and not didn't just add unnecessary, anything to the it's 
gratuitous. The reason he broods so much, and I don't think this is for the female gaze, for little girls to fall in love with him. I mean, I think the showrunners probably think that's the effect they're having. But I think what this is really doing is validating mopey male bullshit. So Buffy has made it clear that she doesn't want to see him because it's too painful, but he still has to go save her, right? And so he decides, well, I'm going to honor her wishes and no one will know what a great dude I am that I risked my life and came all the way down to fucking Rancho Cucamonga (laughs) to fight some uh, ghost Native Americans. And I'll just, like... I won't hold it over her. I'll just hold it in my back pocket for the next time we get in a fight about how I saved her life and she didn't even know. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. He would definitely, if he had the internet, he would definitely be on Reddit the minute he got home complaining about how his ex-girlfriend doesn't respect him. Oh, man. Um, So I don't think he would go that far, but I do kind of hate how he made all of her friends complicit in this lie. Like... Yeah. Also, she isn't the one that pushed him away. She liked him right where he was, like, having their, like, she didn't choose the thing where he goes away. He went away on his own. That was the entire, like, thing with the end of season three where he's like, after the mayor ascends and we do this great big battle, I'm gonna bail. And she's like, what? But I fucking love you. And 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 he's like, no, no, it's too hard. This has really crystallized it for me in that he has left, like, he says out of unselfish reasons because he doesn't want to put Buffy in danger or make her hurt and and help her move on. But really, what he's doing is demonstrating to the world and the audience how he's the best dude and how tragic is it that he didn't get the uh, 17-year-old girl, you know? Yeah, I need you to have space to move on, but I'm just going to lurk here and, like, come back sporadically. And And never let it go. This is something that you are going to feel validates your uh, nice guyness for the rest of your life, which, since you're a vampire, is going to be forever. And when Buffy finds out, she gets reasonably upset about it. Like, how dare you? How dare you get to see me and I don't get to see you? If we're going to hurt, we're going to hurt together, motherfucker. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just... It, I, if Listeners, if you disagree, write in, tweet at Unspoiled Podcast, because, like, I'm... This really bothers me. And it might not have bothered me if, if I watched this as a teenager, if I was Buffy's age, but it really does now. Just having run into enough toxic male personalities in my life, Especially with the cloud hanging over with Joss Whedon's recent exposure of being a non-feminist and spouting things that make him look good. It just, it makes me wonder, you know? Uh, Okay, so we vowed not to talk about that on the podcast, but I'm not sure that doesn't make him a feminist. I'm kind of sure it makes him just, like, a bad partner. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, but it's... Like, bad partners, like, this is bad partner stuff. You know, you can be a feminist and a shitty person, so. Yeah, absolutely. You can believe in equal rights and still be, you know, not sexually faithful to the person you're supposed to be sexually faithful to. You can, like, have human weaknesses and still believe that women are 
valid human beings and deserving of respect and the vote and equal rights and all those things. Um, that but said, you see what I he's get? still like, a shitty person on a lot of levels. You still, but you, I, you see what but, I get? Yeah. What I'm getting at? Like the stench is kind of similar. Oh coming yeah, off of these two people. Oh so. no, it's like it's like how did you not know? It's like how how. How can you be in a in a relationship with this person that created this particular art and not know that it would be problematic when the like title character is in such an unhealthy relationship that he is portraying as true love? Right. So yeah, this is this is why why I'm so salty about this, guys. And it's just and it's women, men, men who like women. <laughs> Don't let your partner pull this kind of shit because nope. they will never let it go. Yeah. And you have to call them on it. It's a trait of a shitty person. You have to call them on it and say like, no, you're going to let it go. You're gonna, never going to speak of it again. You know why? Because that's the deal. You have to let this go as a private <clears throat> mission. Or maybe not never speak of it again. Just fucking talk it out. Get some couples counseling and talk it the fuck out. It's like, okay, you're hung up on some shit. Let's get into that. Let's yeah. let's get this out of your fucking system so that we can continue as equals. That they he doesn't want it out of his system. He wants the world like he he secretly wants Buffy to know that he saved her ass, and he wants her to be grateful for it and to owe her. You know, which is why he tells every goddamn person she knows except for her. Exactly. So, um, what else is going on? Xander has syphilis. Yes, Xander Anya has is, syphilis. Anya is also there. Can we talk about Xander and Anya's relationship for a hot second? Um, Is there a relationship there? Because I am so confused because Xander's yeah. very hot and cold on her and she's such a fucking space cadet that I don't know what's going on. Okay, so I have been in this relationship, okay? So Anya is hopelessly devoted to him and is like just doing the thing where she's like this is just about sex and then she's like oh wait i have feelings god damn it i don't know how to deal with this i've been a vengeance demon for the last 500 years or more um actually it might be a thousand anyway she's she's like really not in touch with her emotions because she hasn't had the same emotions for a really long time she is new to the human experience and so she's like well, crap, I thought it was just a sexy thing, but I keep coming back, so what the fuck does this mean? Meanwhile, Xander is like, yay, sex! But in his delirium, with his uh, fever, he's like, ah, girlfriend something, something, something. And he's like, I may be delirious. and But it is, I think, a moment of clarity for him in his fever dream state, where he's like, hey... There's this person who is legit hopelessly devoted to me, and she can't understand why. Perhaps I should pay attention with more things than my dick. Um, and, yeah, I, the next time we see them is at Giles' apartment when he's all full of syphilis. And he makes a bad slip about, hey, we kill vengeance demons because they're vengeancy and they're demons. And Anya takes offense to that, as well she should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vengeance demon or people too. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that part of it. So Oh, I noticed it hard, but that's because I've seen entire... I just I've just seen Anya kind of yo yoing a lot, so Well, yeah, because she's 
she's like an adolescent. She is just born. She is recently made in into a human again. She is she's had twenty times the experience of being a vengeance demon as she has as living in mortal flesh. And it's rough. It is so rough. She has to deal with hormones and probably she had to remember what a menses is like. Oh my god, she's having like this entire thing. You could do an entire show just about Anya figuring out human shit. It's like, what? I've got to eat again? What the hell is this? Bowel movements? Who the fuck signed me up for this crap? Literal crap. Um, come on, guys. Anya ha- is having like the weirdest experience of her existence trying to come back to humanity. And part of that is discovering that she is inexplicably drawn to this human moron. Oh, TK, shut up. Sorry, I have a cat here. Uh, anyway, you know, Cats interrupting podcasts is a thing. Um, but I still, I still want someone to make the Anya podcast where it's just every week it's her telling another story recontextualized as um, <laughs> supernatural shit. Like... <laughs> Went to the store today, discovered that I cannot manifest meat out of my very will. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, she cursed Caligula because his first girl, he dumped his first girlfriend or cheated on her or something, and turned right. into a crazy monster that history would remember. Or even better, uh, he cursed all of the, uh, he did like a Cassandra curse where everyone would hate him no matter what, and people would write terrible things about him that he never did, you know? Just oh, wow. twists on history. <laughs> and and her new pers- perspective on that. Yeah. So just like her telling stories of things that she's been involved in over the years. I think that would be amazing. Um, that would be amazing because she's got to have some stories. Yeah. And I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, that there that we have not yet had an episode of that. So, can I tell you something? Always. You know how our awesome listeners send us all kinds of cool Harry Potter-themed stuff? Mm -hmm. Pop dolls, books, journals, candy. I mean, they send us so much stuff. Yeah. I kind of still want more stuff. (laughs) You greedy bitch. I know. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Remember when you used to make fun of people who had Harry Potter stuff? I know! What happened to me? You happened to me. (laughs) And now, every time I see Harry Potter anything, I want it. But I see a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Sometimes, they'll have Ravenclaw stuff with fucking ravens on it. Uh, Well, now that you mention it, I do know somewhere that you can get really unusual, handmade Harry Potter items shipped to you every month. And they know that Ravenclaw's animal is an eagle because they're not a bunch of goddamn posers. Ooh, tell me. It's our new sponsor, Box. They're giving everyone who subscribes with the code UNSPOILED 10% off their first three boxes. And every month you get three to five specially curated items, including at least one that is specific to your house, all delivered right to your door. This sounds amazing. I know, right? And because Box focuses on unique handcrafted items, you're also supporting a series of other small businesses 
Plus, you're guaranteed to not have the same gear as some filthy casual who picked up a Raven keychain at Walmart. Well, I'm a lot of things, but you know I'm not casual. Not a casual bone in your body. That's why Box is for you. Well, shit, girl, where do I sign up? Akiobox.com. And don't forget to look for them on Facebook and Instagram, too. Facebook.com backslash the Akiobox and Instagram.com backslash the Akiobox. Um, what's the code again? Really? <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> the code is unspoiled. That makes total sense. <laughs> Akio Box. Magic delivered. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving is going on, and this is this is the part I found the most relatable, in that you never have everything you need for a dinner party. You always have to make another trip to the store. This is true. Um, and also, Buffy has never really cooked before, because she had, you know, the perfect mom who just makes you a sandwich whenever you appear. Right. Um, and... And I totally have that that mom. I had to find her after, like, a certain amount of time. I picked my own mom, guys. It's pretty amazing. And, like, any time I show up at the house, she's like, you want me to make you something? How about a, how about a quesadilla? Yeah. I've got, uh, yeah. And she likes to feed us cheese. She really does like to feed us cheese. Um, <laughs> something about cheese and mom just go together. Uh, my mom. Um, I okay. Uh, background. I'm adopted, and I found the perfect mom, and I made her mine. Just saying, guys. Um, seriously, if you've got a choice, do it that way. It's the best. Anyway, so, she feeds us cheese, and it's it's awesome. And Buffy's mom's the same way. So Buffy never learned to cook because she never had to, and she was too self absorbed to like, you know, focus on other people's needs. Sorry, guys, but that's true. Um, cooking is not that hard, guys. Like, if you follow the recipe, you're going to be fine. And you have YouTube tutorials now. So, yeah. Uh, and actual recipes, don't try to learn from people who tell you bullshit. Like, just stir it till it looks right. Fuck you till it looks right. I don't know what looks right. Explain this shit. Is it bubbling? Once, is it lumpy? Tell me. Once it's Once you're good at it, then you can start playing with things. And then you can make amazing things, like my spicy lasagna. So. Oh my god, your spicy lasagna. Guys, guys, you, you have not and... lived. You have not lived till you've had money's spicy lasagna. Like, you don't even know there's no meat in it. Like, he's a vegetarian, and he makes it seem as though it has lovely, disgusting, but fantastic animal flesh in it. it he makes He makes tofu into a food. <laughs> guys, you gotta do this thing. If there's ever a chance, do it. Right. So, um, yeah, Giles has fuck all to do here other than be expositor. I'm, I am so bored with Giles. Like, I he feel really like hasn't got a place in the, in this season. He really so doesn't. Far. It's, it's, it feels like it's a little time, a little overdue for the hero's journey, classic mentor dying phase. And not because I hate him, but because it just, he doesn't have anything to keep him busy. Right. He is a man of leisure. And that's fine, but let him retire from the show then and come so, back for the occasional cameo. Well, yeah, but 
you know, imagine the show from his perspective that he's possibly getting a little annoyed with this being his life. They're not showing us that. They're not showing us that. And the question is, will they? I probably, because like, guys, here's, here's another reason I hate Hulu because I, Hulu is now where we watch it because it's not on Netflix anymore. And when you search for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the first episode that comes up is the very last one, and there's a picture of Giles' face. So I know he's still around then, so I know he's fine. God damn it, Hulu, get your shit together. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Um, they imagine that everyone who's watching this show is watching it for nostalgia purposes. I actually, I tweeted them, and like, do not put your fucking spoilers right on the page. You're like, what's, we hate spoilers, what are you talking about? And I sent them a screenshot of that, and I'm like, Giles is still alive at the end of this goddamn show. And then they didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, it should definitely be a picture of Buffy. Because you know Buffy has to survive. I know. At least to the last episode, because she's the goddamn title character. And we, tr- I try so hard to make sure you find the pictures, but I curate them and, like, put them together so that the pictures are non-spoilery for the people who are watching along with us, and they see, oh, it's up, I can watch the next episode, you know? Oh, yeah, and in my image searches, holy crap, is that shit spoilery? Because I can, I can image search the literal name of the show, and I will get things that are 5, 10, 20 shows ahead. Things that are totally spoilery and would ruin your life. So, yeah, it's it's how it has to happen. And I'm terrible at it, guys. Seriously. As soon as this podcast is off, I am upstairs boning my beautiful wife. Well, not wife yet, but soon. Um, and, like, I space on the responsibility I have to protect from spoilers. But I but I re-engage afterwards and remember and get you the pictures that I know you know and love. Right. So, um, the only other thing really going on in this episode is Spike. How do you feel about Spike in this? I don't know. I feel like the fact that, he, that James Marsters is in the main cast lineup now suggests that he's going to somehow become a member of the Scooby gang. But according to the, the universe's moral code that they've set out, and like you've, you've articulated it, it, intent matters. Angel gets a pass because he has a soul and he feels bad for everything he did as a uh, vampire. And as a vampire, he couldn't control himself. But Spike doesn't have that moral get-out-of-jail-free card because he's incapable of hurting people now, but mm-hmm. he's done a lot of terrible things. So I feel like there's maybe going to be another step. I just... And I don't want there to be. Because I like Spike as an antagonist. I don't like Spike as... uh This neutered thing? I wouldn't go with neutered, because that's a little... uh gender minefieldy. But... Mm. Nerfed, definitely. I don't want good Spike. And I feel like they're starting to go there, and I don't like it. Okay. And, yeah, Good Spike is uh, inherently boring, and I hope we never see that, because Spike, Spike's power comes from his badassery, right? The fact that he I don't is... think it comes from his badassery. I think it's, it comes from his Agent of Chaos-ness. Hmm. It's, like, he's, he's a terrible... He's a bad guy. Shit, my microphone keeps falling over. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I'll try to edit that out, but knowing me, I'm... Uh, I think you should leave it, because it's fascinating. Yeah, like, 
he's the, all the other bad guys like they have these plans and they have these ethereal goals and spike just like does whatever feels good at any given point and does and just kind of jack sparrows his way through all of this and that's far more interesting yeah I he just wants want to him, fuck shit up i don't want him to be a good guy and i'm really afraid that's where they're going with this like especially with what happened with faith last year where after we saw the turn to evil Faith, we had to have a dream sequence where it turns out Faith was good all along, just misguided. I'm like, fuck you. No, let her, like, let her descend into the pits of hell. Don't back out. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Faith still technically has a soul. And I know we don't know what souls mean, but souls are a thing. There but are Spikes... terrible people with souls. Like, we've had Buffy's yeah. friend from her, her old school, and he... Got his ass killed for it, and I'm okay with this, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing I love about this show, is that it really kind of explores that. It's like, we don't know what a soul is, but apparently it's important. But what does it mean when you still have a soul and you do terrible things? Like, how are we supposed to treat you? And Buffy did a thing in that episode where, yeah, he had a soul, so she let him get it. She let the vampires fucking eat his dumb ass because he had a soul and he fucking chose this. But you see the dissonance I'm having is that like with her old friends, like she makes the, he makes the choice and he's, he has to live with that choice. Whereas Faith kind of gets a post coma, not a post mortem. I'm assuming she's still alive, but a post coma kind of out, you know? Yeah. And like, <laughs> so that she, we she walks off stage and we don't hate her and I'm like no let us say yeah this person was shitty and not have any any qualms about her or her fruit oil up pants so but the voice of that in the show is Willow and she continuously says again and again no she's a fucking skanko who tried to kill everyone fuck that bitch. Every time you see Willow talk about talk about Faith, she says that with her literal words. There is definitely a voice for that, and I think it, it it adds to the conversation because the other side is saying, "Oh, but you know, she was misled. Oh, she you know needed a daddy, and you know this guy stepped in to be a dad." And it's like you still have someone saying the thing. It's like, no, she fucking went evil. Therefore, we should kill her. That is that is the price of going evil, that the good guys kill you. That is the, the dichotomy of right, good and bad. That's not the last word we get. The last word we get is Angel and Buffy in a little dream sequence talking like girlfriends again. Yeah. But I think that's important, too. The last word doesn't have to be the thing that decides what you feel. It's it was it it made me it's. It was like it was trying to... I, I was agreeing with Willow this whole time, right? Oh, and yeah. And then Faith shows on to plead her case, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. You lost your chance for this. So it just left me mad. Like, why are you giving this bitch extra screen time? Because she has potential for greater good. So the bitch is dead. I'm done with Faith. All right, let's she... move on. <laughs> okay. Um, just, just saying, just like in Game of Thrones, until you see a body, it's not dead. Well... Um, that dude and that chick are both dead and we never saw them, so. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. So 
Anything else to say about Spike's role in this other than his utter helplessness and the hilarity that it's What are they going to do is? with a tied up hungry vampire who can't bite? What uh, are they going to They're putting off that decision until um after the meal, I guess. Buffy is so focused on her perfect Thanksgiving that she's like, I cannot even fucking deal with you helpless Spike. I need to focus on my turkey. And just put you aside for the moment. So I'm going to tie you up. Not even, they should have put him in a closet so he couldn't talk and just pretend he didn't happen. They should have stuck him in the chest if, like, we were talking about actual um, logical motivations here. The chest? Stuck him with some wood in the chest. Oh, yeah. They should have (laughs) killed him. Like, why is, like, why? This has never worked out for you before. Because killing helpless things is kind of wrong in Buffyverse. But he's a vampire. Yeah, he's fundamentally evil and caused unknown chaos throughout the centuries. But he can't defend himself. The only honorable death is in a fair fight, apparently. So, play chess. And (laughs) he loses. So, I don't... I just... It doesn't make any sense. These rules, the, these, these rules of honor don't fucking work if the other side doesn't play by them. You know, it's like the Democrats and the Republicans. Like, yeah, the Republicans are going to cheat. They're going to suppress votes. They're going to use elect- electoral college. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they get their way. And then you're just like, well, we have to abide by the rules. No, you fucking don't. You're the only but, ones playing by this. But if we don't obey the rules, then how are we different from them? We don't eat people. <laughs> we don't eat people. Like, what other differentiation do you need? Okay, in the Buffy verse, yeah, we don't eat people. But if it comes to the place where, okay, having to kill a person in like order to person. get a nest, in order to get a nest of vampires, like say there, say there's like you know a a for real person, not even a child, not even like a. A legit innocent. Say there is some person, regular Joe, who we know nothing about, who will be collateral damage in the killing of this nest of vampires. Do you do it? I'm not here to play a hypothetical situation room. But that's what this is. No, that's the thing. That's what that's what TV is. He's got he's got no soul. There is no person. There is no human being 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 harmed here. It's Spike. Stab him in the chest. (laughs) <laughs> this is not hard. But he's neutered. So? He can't hurt anyone. Don't care. Do it anyway. He okay. He can and has. He's earned, that, he's earned that stake in the chest. He's earned capital punishment. Exactly. Like, he's done it in the past. So do you believe in the death penalty? No, but this isn't... We're in fucking TV land. But you do for Spike. Well, you said yourself he has no soul. He has no conscience. He has no... Like, you don't no believe in a soul. Why is it different? Because he's not going to get any better ever. Like he's going, like, he's going to find a cure for his. Uh, I I can't believe you've introduced the neutered concept here. He's <laughs> going to find a cure for his impotence. He's going to find okay. some vampire Viagra. <laughs> that is what he's going to do. That is his motivations. Don't let the man. Okay. Now I, I I'm I'm playing devil's avocado here, so um, 
And God, I need to stop drinking whiskey. The devil doesn't need an advocate. And yet, this has been fascinating. I'm sure our listeners are behind this. Anyway, so... But the I, thing and is... And I will grant you, he's cute. He's funny. I kind of want to fuck him. I yeah. still want to stick a stake in his heart. So After you come. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. So if you can't hurt anyone, why not put this this decision off until after dinner. Because he's there being a jackass and it's like, why you're torturing him. I mean, put the man out of his misery. All right. We need to move on because, okay. um, because yeah, so what else happened? Shana- there's- like there's a big fight and angel helps a little, not- like seriously, angel was completely superfluous to this entire plot. He did not need to be there. He didn't save anyone. He's a good fighter, but they had it handled. Buffy figured out the knife thing all on her own. Seriously, he did not need to be here. Right. That vision was bullshit. I mean, I I don't agree that the vision was bullshit. Like Buffy is in danger. What I don't agree with is She's... why doesn't why doesn't he get this uh, vision every fucking day? Because Buffy's That's always it. fucking danger. Yes, that is my point. She is always in fucking danger. This danger was not any worse than any other danger she has faced for the past year. Why the fuck did he have a vision where Buffy needed help? Oh, wait, because their ratings were down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I guess we're at Angel now. Yes, we are. So, okay, let's wrap up Buffy in about five seconds. They beat the spirits. They have their turkey. Hilarity ensues. Um, Xander is cured of syphilis. And he manages to let it slip that Angel was there the entire time. And Buffy gets pissed off. And I'm kind of on Xander's side here. In that this should not be a secret that I'm supposed to keep. And did anyone actually tell him, hey, this isn't a thing you should say to Buffy? I don't think they did. And even if they did, he was feverish at the time and cannot be expected to retain that knowledge. Also, uh, in being a good friend, he should have said something. And I think he would have. It's like, hey, Buff, just so you know, Angel was here covering your back, but also being super sketch. Um, Just thought you should know. Honestly, that's Willow's job as the best girlfriend. But I can also see Willow's point of view is like, this is just going to serve some shit that Buffy doesn't need as she's finally getting over this thing. And there's a decent guy in her realm of vision that is maybe starting to make some moves. And let's not complicate things. Right. So it's a rough spot for Buffy. She's still dealing with. And she's mourning. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but she's super protective of Buffy. And in that role, I can totally understand her. Being the guy who says, um, so about this bringing up your past love that totally wrecked your world in the way that I'm intimately um, aware of now that I have had my own wrecked world, I'm just not going to mention it. So I support Willow's stance, even if I don't think it was a good call. Okay. Um, so let's move on to Angel, where Angel is back in Los Angeles, and Cordy and... Doyle. Doyle. Sorry, I, he's so fucking forgettable. Yeah, he is the cottage cheese of this show. He's unsalted margarine. 
Oh, wow. Them's fighting words. <laughs> Although I don't think there's anyone who would fight you about Doyle. He so, was... so, he's so bad. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, I didn't buy this play for laughs scene where he's holding a stake. And I'm like, dude, use newspaper like a human being, even though you're not one. Yeah. A matchbook, something, like, anything could level your desk other than a stake. I think the stake also, is over there. a stake is, like, what, two inches thick? How do you get a desk that wobbly? The point is it has an, it has a point. It has an inclined plane that will allow you to gradually increase the level of tension until you your a, desk is level. you need a wedge, not a, not a spear. Yeah, well, he hasn't got a doorstop handy, so he uses what he has in his pockets, and apparently that's a stake. Right. Um, and, yeah, Cordy and Doyle are super worried that he's going to stake himself after seeing Buffy because that's how depressed he is. Little do he know, do they know, he's completely pretending to be fine with it. Uh, oh, I think he is fine with it. He got exactly what he wanted out of this. He wanted something to put in his pocket and brood over. Like, this brooding thing is an active thing and a goal he is pursuing, even if he doesn't outright state it. Yeah, he's actually pretty dickish in his brooding. He uses it to seem mysterious, and he kind of builds on it. Um, but really, he's just a dick. Yeah, the man is the man is a penis. So, um, yeah, and then Buffy shows up, and Buffy's pissed, and I'd be pissed too. Because, yeah. like, I told, like, you don't get to stalk me, you don't get to skulk, you don't get to be in my life. Without me having some kind of agency. Right. Yes. She gets to choose to tell him to go fuck himself or not. Right. And there's a little bit of a stare down with Cordy, and then a fucking demon shows up. And god, like, this was so fucking contrived. Okay, so I kind of think they said all the things they needed to say before the demon showed up, because she was like, okay, I'm going to bail, because right. I told you you're an asshole, and I'm right, so I've got nothing left to gain, I'm going. And then the demon shows up in there, and she's like, okay, I'm going to change my clothes, and we're going to go hunt this. And so I felt that was kind of genuine. She's like, well, it's, I, I, I still for... like you, even though I'm fucking pissed off at you. Right, and Buffy is still looking we were for... all. And we were always good at hunting together. Let's she's, do that. She's still looking for uh, a reason to hang out with him. Keep in mind, she's also still 18. Yeah, and I don't I don't really fault her for this, because, like, this isn't a matter of... This is really a matter of we can't be around each other because of logistics, not because of whether or not we work as a couple. I don't think we work as a couple anyway, but... but... They never really had the chance to find out that they don't work as a couple, like, they never had the chance to get bored of each other. They never had the chance to be like, I still want to have hobbies and people flirt with me and you get jealous. And, like, they never got to get into the nitty-gritty of the long-term relationship. They always had other things distracting them that were super dramatic and made it seem like it was love. And you can't tell if it's love if you're... It's not love, it's adrenaline. People. Exactly. Um, I had a friend once who was like, yeah, I had this long-term relationship with this guy, but we were like backpacking in Europe for most of it. And it's hard to be like not in love when you're floating down the Prague. I mean, like, the, like or the Seine or whatever the fuck it is. When you're backpacking through Prague or floating down the Seine or having all these like 
super intense experiences together, it's hard to find out if, you know, you're really annoyed by the way he brushes his teeth. It, it, it's, it's that thing. You're, you're, when your life is full of adventure, it's hard to notice the, like, stuff that's going to really get old after a while. Unspoiled is a listener-funded network. Support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash unspoiled and get access to exclusive content and additional bonuses. Or you can shop on Amazon at unspoiledpodcast.com slash Amazon. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Prongs. What has prongs? All I can think of is a lobster. That's, <laughs> that's not a good animal to turn into. And who brought us here, John? The island. In this episode, an awful lot for a model airplane. What the fuck, Kate? Welcome to Unspoiled, the Constant. You're the Slayer, and we're like the Slayerettes. I'm so into this outfit just because I have had enough khaki camel toe with this show for the rest of my life. <laughs> when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. What do his guards do as he is murdered? A. Anything. B. Nothing. <laughs> Unspoiled. Experience your favorites again for the first time. Yeah. So I didn't pick up, like, he tells Buffy to leave the sewer. Yeah. Did he do that on purpose because he knew the demon was there? Um, I feel like it's kind of 50-50. Um, yes, he definitely wanted to get her out of harm's way because he's that guy. Of course he is. Uh, he's a patronizing asshole. And, yes. like, I I really hate him, and I'm kind of mad that we're covering a show, so. Oh, well, yeah. Um, to be fair to the show, it very rapidly becomes less about him. Just saying, keep watching. God. Oh, yeah. Um. What is our deal with shows where, like, the main character is the least interesting? So this kind of goes back to the early 90s where there was this show called Valerie's Family. And it involved the chick that that was Rhoda on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And she got axed after the first season because she like had opinions and shit and was a woman. Um, I'm sure there was more to it, but that's what I t- that was my take of it. And they changed it to the Hogan family and just killed her off. And that show continued for, like, five more seasons. Um, And it was the thing where the title character doesn't have to carry the show. Sometimes the show succeeds in spite of them. And Angel is a textbook example of this. Uh, No, I'm specifically talking about the uh, shows that we cover in Unscrupled. Because Alias, Buffy, Angel, and Sensate, if you consider Will to be the main character, which I do... All of them are the least interesting people in those, in those casts. Oh yeah, except for like Doyle is less interesting than Angel, but I don't even consider Doyle a character. He's just a sketch. Pretty much, it's the uh, charisma Carpenter Carpenter has cameos on Angel Show at this point. Right. Um, it gets better because <laughs> I I would argue that the most interesting episode of this season so far has been the one where Cordelia gets an apartment. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. Yes. So I I did like the bachelor party though, just because it's I got to see Doyle 
get punched by Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, getting tortured a lot and then punched by Cordelia. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. But back to Angel. Um, so he fights yeah. this demon. He gets uh, the demon blood in him, and it turns him human. So I need yeah. some clarification here. Okay. What the fuck are the powers that be? Like, you can't just throw that thing at me. Um, so there, uh... I know you can't probably answer without giving me a lot of spoilers, but I'm like, wait a minute. Are you now telling me, because we meet the oracles, who seem to be some kind of uh, godly cosmic string pullers, and I'm like... Let's go with higher beings, and, or they consider themselves to be higher beings, and let's call the powers that be a sentient MacGuffin at this point. Not saying that that is what they will be for the rest of the show, but at this point, they are the sentient MacGuffin. I just, I can't, I can't get behind you just dropping this thing that totally alters how the world works, you know? That there are sapient beings pulling strings who have goals and, uh, You mean like gods? Yeah, this is, like, Xena works because, they're like, it tells you up front, this is what the fuck is going on. And there are the few mortals who dare to defy the gods. And sometimes, the, and the gods are flawed. But you can't so, just pull this... Wait, like, what, you're, what you're mad about is that there are essential gods and we don't know what their rules are? That they're pulling it out at this point, right? That in it's... the Buffyverse, we, we, now have to, we now have to reckon with, like, okay... Here are beings who have, who are players in this game that have been totally non-existent until this point who hold all the cards, you know? And the question you have to answer yourself is, well, ask yourself, sorry, I have had two drinks. Anyway, the question becomes, are they relevant in the Buffyverse or are they only a thing in the Angelverse? They're not two different universes. Okay, so at this point, they collide. They collide a lot because they were trying to get the show off the ground. But are this, they the same universe or are they existing on somehow separate planes on some level? They're not, they can't be because they cross over. Okay, so are the powers that be doing things in Sunnydale? It doesn't fucking matter because I hate it. Because <laughs> it's like, it, and now we get to the point. You hate it. I hate it. Like you know, you can't just. It's it's like the end of that. I forget what it was. Was it Clash of the Titans where the the movie ends with the gods saying, "We'll finish the game another day." I'm like, "Fuck you." Ah <laughs> oh, yeah. Because if like the whole point has been that Buffy is for whatever reason through fate or whatever, like, it's fine if you keep them off screen and you never personalize them. And you never give them um, any real motivation. This is just the way things are. And Buffy is a slayer, and she has to protect the mortal world from the demons. I'm fine with that. But now you're introducing that now, the, oh, there's a game being played among the gods, and nothing that they do matters because there's more powerful... Ugh! Well, they needed a place for the visions to come from. And they didn't they want did. to use the word gods. I don't think they did, because... The like visions Buffy could be has, random. Buffy has visions, too. They could be random like the Slayer thing. Like, there, do, there doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason behind it, or you can just not tell us why they're there. Well, sometimes you've noticed... A, sometimes a bad answer is worth the, worse than no answer. 
Kind of like the SATs. If you don't know the answer, don't fucking guess because it's you lose points, you know? Exactly. But you've noticed on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, now that we're in season four, they've backed the fuck off her prophetic dreams. And they put them all in Doyle, which just, ah. Mm-hmm. Because they needed a plot device, and they didn't have anything on Angel. They hadn't built up that universe enough that they could say, oh, vampires happen sometimes. Because um, on Buffy, she just hangs out in the graveyard, and, you know, vampires rise, and she kills them. I mean, he could do it, like, he could have informants, he could have Kate be passing him intel on possible vampire activity, he could, you know, just wander around, and he could be looking at the missing persons, uh, blotters, like, there's a lot of ways he can track down evil that needs to be fought instead of having these stupid visions. And even with the visions, you don't need to explain it. He's a demon. Demons are supernatural. They have fucked up abilities. Just... Go with it. They went for an easy out. And so I, I hate the oracles. I hate them. Like, yeah. They're, they're not interesting and like, oh, there's a great war to be fought. And I'm like, this is, I would actually prefer finding that out in one of Giles's goddamn books. Just, <laughs> oh, look, there's gods and they have a purpose for you. Okay. You know, it's, ugh. It's ham-handed and poorly done. Yep. Absolutely. It has, it's not earned either. It's cheating. They have not thrown us, they have not given us anything that suggests that there are powers greater than them, than demons and humans that are pulling the strings. Like, it's, you don't, you don't even have to try that hard. You can have, like, maybe one of the crazy witch people that Willow buys her sage and uh, newt testicles from. Yeah. Talks about the gods. And makes there, it uncomfortable about it. But yeah. There are a lot of things they could have done. They went with this, and yes, it's cheap. Also, it like, oh, I like time. And that's not time. That's a, that's a, a watch. It's, it's a measurement it's device. It's like, I like distance. Hand you a ruler. Hooray! I would hand her a caliper. Just to well, be a dick about it. So you can well, only measure small things that have holes in them. Well, I don't happen to have a caliper on hand, but rulers are pretty ambiguous, so... Ambiguous? In... Ambiguous? Okay, I had to... Oh, that word. Uh, so there are certain words I can't say. <laughs> Revelatory. I... And we haven't even gotten to why this episode really fucking bothers me. Okay, so why does it bother you? Because, once again, Angel pulls the I'm the best man on earth, but no one will know it. And except for the gods, now the gods know what an incredible dude. <laughs> well, they had apparently already picked him as the champion and without ever signing up for that, he is somehow working for them. What? Excuse me. Yeah. That's none of that. None of that is explained, but the, his whole thing, well, I'm going to, uh, I want to trade my, uh, human life and uh, soul, not soul, but uh, usable dick for uh, the power to fight the oncoming evil. It's just, like, it's once again him proving to the audience and now to the gods that he is the better man and sacrifices his own happiness to protect the people he cares about. And it's not 
it just validates everything that I hated about the last episode, too. But, like, on fucking steroids. You see what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah. And the part that I hate is he completely takes away Buffy's agency yet again. She doesn't get any choice in this. They had just, like, agreed that they were going to be a thing and they were going to have a future. And he doesn't consult her on any level. He's just like, I can't protect you like this. She doesn't need your fucking protection, Angel. And she didn't fucking ask for it. That's the thing. She protects her friends fine. Yeah. The only one she's lost, she lost to you, dickhead. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he comes off, like, I, I hate that Buffy cries and doesn't break up with him over this and say, fine, I don't fucking want your patronizing ass anyway. Oh, not only that, he's a goddamn nuclear bomb. Does he know when his next moment of perfect happiness is? No, he's going to, like, con- like protect against it with his brooding. What if he, he... Eats, what if he eats chocolate mint cookie dough ice cream again while yeah. he's a vampire? And what he's if like, that oh happens? my god, this is so good. Soul gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is a liability as I'm, a vampire. And I'm, he... I'm, I'm willing to bet from experience that there is ice cream that is better than pussy. Um, okay, so while there is ice cream that is better than mediocre sex, there is not ice cream that's better than great sex. Um, and so what that comes down to... Here's a song that he really likes, you know? Yeah, what if, what if he just, like, takes up yoga? I mean, (gasps) there's so many, there's so many times where he could just have a perfect moment of not being tortured for half a second. What if he got therapy? I mean, like, there's a million things in the world that could cleanse him of this need to suffer all the time. And he refuses to consider that in his choice to, quote-unquote, be a hero. No, you are a time bomb, you monster. Just end that and be a dude and be, like, a supportive boyfriend for, like, six months until she gets sick of your dumb shit or you have to get a job. He's constantly throwing away things that could help him be a better person. That's true. And calling it being, you know, some kind of... Calling it some kind of morality. Also, he could, like, he could ask the... You know, he knows he's a time bomb, so why doesn't he ask the... Um, powers that be the powers that be or the oracles or whatever I, I I got the feeling that the oracles and the powers that be were separate entities from the way they talked but I'm not sure if I'm right one about one is that. a mouthpiece for the other okay but like he couldn't have said hey I need to still be a vampire uh, but could you take away this curse that like will make will turn me back into an evil person if I experience a moment of true happiness I will yeah. tra- like. What will you trade? Can we just for that? take away that. Clearly, clearly, you like mortal objects. I could go. I could go to the pawn shop and get something that's a fair trade for this. You know, he could do these things, but he doesn't because it's more important to him to be this put upon poor soul than it is to be a functioning human being who respects others. And that is a valid point. Never in this entire exchange does he reject the premise of his curse. Like, he could just say, hey, yeah, curse me with a soul. I'm down. And yes, I'm suffering. But can we, like, take away that little bit that says that if I'm not completely suffering, that I lose my soul? 
could we just take that away and have me keep my soul? That's totally a valid option, and he never explores that. I got. I'm so fucking worked up. This. I. God. I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. So we let's let's move through the horror, and so we can come out the other side. He uh, he becomes human, and uh, we get the funny bit about Cordelia. Like, yeah, they haven't seen each other in months. They've had this terrible, you know, thing between them, and now that's gone. You think they're having tea? And then, of course, they're having tea. Yes, um, they're having tea. When did he go shopping? Yeah, how come he has so much human food in his fucking house? Did, like, Cordy stock it on the sly? What? She did what put happened? peanut butter in his bed, so maybe she left her groceries behind? But she doesn't Maybe. seem like the type to eat ice cream. No, no, way too, she way eats too much brown sugar. rice and vegetables. Yeah, she is that. She is that character from Showgirls. Anyway, so sorry, I have hiccups and I'm trying to repress them. Um, so yeah, somehow he has a fully stocked fridge and it has all the best human food in the world, and he and Buffy like. You know, forget about the part where they're going to take it easy because they know, don't know how long this is going to last. Which, why the fuck were they doing that in the first place? Like, seriously, if you don't think this is going to last, squeeze every last drop of awesome out. Bone to your heart's content. Do the thing. Yeah, I don't like him being rewarded with sex after his bullshit either. Well, yeah, but let's focus on this being a reward for Buffy. Oh, I, uh, a toxic, horrible reward. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. Like they, they fuck. They flirt in bed. Um, the demon's still alive. They go track it down. Angel is no good in a fight anymore, and I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> and yeah, he did not realize how much he was relying on his vampire reflexes. Like he thought he was that good. It's like no, as a human, you're kind of a putz. Yeah, but he could go take some karate classes and art. I would I would have really liked seeing him uh try to get a job as a human cuz he realized he can't be superhero protective like de- detective protective detective guy and have to like, you know, figure out how to be a mechanic or something cuz he has no real skills. That's the thing you got to know. He's been yeah. squatting in abandoned mansions all this time, and but he, was, he doesn't have a social security number. He, he doesn't was rich have any skills. So he doesn't he never learned to actually do anything. Oh yeah, daddy totally uh daddy totally was buying his drinks that whole time. And he was not the best human. He was a ne'er-do-well. Yeah. He was a drunkard that got kicked out of the bar and was made vampire in an alley. Because of his pretty face. The only interesting part about him was the demon half. Yeah. And the only skill he has is brooding. So what is he going to do now? I really want to make Buffy's ugly cry face the the image for this episode. But I just, I hate that piece so much. And it speaks so much to Buffy's agency being gone that I kind of can't help. I can't do it. Okay. Well, you used it as a gift for, I think, one of my, like, on one of my relatives' feeds. So I think that covers your, your urges. I did? Uh, I forget where you used it, but you, Oh, like, yeah, I posted it in uh, just in a random Facebook, because I was like, 
Do you know how long it took me to get that picture? <laughs> Buffy's cry face. Buffy, like, uh, it's only there for, like, less than a second. And I tried screenshotting my phone with it, and it wouldn't let me. So I had to, like, rewind on my friend's TV and uh, zoom in at just the right time. And it took me several tries to get that picture. That's impressive that you put that much effort into getting Buffy's... Uh, Ugly cry ugly, face. Ugly cry face, yes. Oh, man. I didn't realize that that much work had gone into it. That's seriously, why I, I think it might have been on my mom's. A reaction picture. <laughs> you you might have said, you might have used it on, like, my mom or my aunt or someone. Like, someone I commented on, you use ugly cry face, and it was perfect. But it's like, dude, you that episode fucked you up, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't it? So... All right, so I'm kind of done talking about this, so let's talk about what's happening next week. What's our, or next week as in two days from now? Yeah. What are the episode titles? Okay. Oh, wait, we're still doing this Wednesday? Okay. Um, I have planning to do. Um, so the next one is going to, for the next Buffy, it's going to be something blue. Someone's getting either married or not laid. Okay. And the next Angel episode is going to be Hero. Oh. Ugh. I don't even, like, ugh. (laughs) Okay, so clearly in Angel, they're going to... They're going to... He's going... We're going to learn more about the powers of B, which I guess I'm okay with, but it's like, yeah, Angel is the hero. Fuck you. I want to throw it something at the screen, but I don't want to get streaks all over my new old television. So. (laughs) Well, yeah. So from these titles, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. But I can... Something blue has to... There has to be a wedding involved somehow. Possibly. But But yeah, I can't remember... There's nobody in the main cast who's in... Who's marriage material. Hmm. Maybe okay. Joyce? Maybe. All right. I suppose we'll find out next week. Because we just had a crossover over episode, so as far as the pattern is concerned, what kind of episodes do you think these are going to be? I don't think they're going to be crossovers. Well, no, because we just had a crossover, and that's, you know, their crossover budget for the moment. So, are these going to be Monster of the Week? Are they going to be involved with the actual, like, overarching plot of the show? I think they're both going to be overarching plot. Because they gave us the initiative, but they haven't done anything with it yet. Okay. And they teased it last last episode with the Riley and his boys talking about going home for Thanksgiving. And how Mm -hmm. the initiative is going to be shut down. Right. during, uh, During Thanksgiving. And also, Hero... I, it's it just smacks up their conversation with the oracles. So, mm-hmm. all okay. right. So let's let's get to some new patrons. We have Victor Chan, Leah Thompson, Jason Lewis, Caitlin Lavery, Amber Camacho, Barbara Anderson, Carrie Dewalt, Cassandra Hole, and Jeff Bankert. So welcome, guys. Make sure you're on the Facebook group. Um, Make sure you sign up on Patreon. Clearly, you're already signed up on Patreon, but you can get some Twin Peaks, and there's no more Game of Thrones. There hasn't been for two weeks, because we record this a couple weeks out. 
Uh, but I'm not sure what the next patrons only thing is going to be. But anyway. Hmm. Okay. Um, well then, in that case, uh, the only thing I have to add is that if you are in the L.A. metro area around the time of Thanksgiving, reward yourself for not punching out your entire family as they devolve into a conversation about politics by coming to LostCon. Yes, LostCon at the LAX Marriott. You, too, can come and hang out with a big group of nerds and maybe even meet one of the writers of Buffy and Angel. That's right, Jane Espenson is going to be there. So come on out. At, yeah, come on all out. It's a hell of a good time. Thank you, guys. All right, yeah, and you'll see us there covering what is likely to be Rogue One, because I still haven't seen it, even though it's free on Netflix. So And, and we do have a loose Star Wars theme to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Star Wars. So all right. So, could be awesome. That's our show, everyone. Thanks, and hopefully we'll be fe- I'll be feeling better next time, and we won't have any rolling blackouts to deal with. Yeah, this show has been a hodgepodge of disaster, so, um, yeah, hopefully next time will be a lot easier. All right, bye, listeners. Bye, listeners.